You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras. To save $20 on your purchase of an Exodus Trail Camera, enter the discount code 9FINGERS. That's the number 9 followed by the word FINGERS. We haven't done one of these podcasts in a while, and it is a product podcast where I will be talking to the owner of Horny Buck Seeds. And if you don't know what horny buck seed is it's not pornography (laughs) but it is a seed company and they specialize in seeds for food plots for deer hunters and on this podcast today we're going to talk all about what makes a quality seed what makes a good food plot company and uh, we talk about quality products and we talk about quality customer service uh, two things that uh, he really feels uh, makes any business successful and I I can't help but agree with him. So if you are the type of person who is a food plot guy, I'm not I'm not so much a food plot guy just because I don't really have the opportunity to plant food plots, but I know a lot of my buddies are and uh, a lot of you guys are as well. So this will be a good podcast for you. And if you don't know shit about food plots, well this is also a good podcast for you because you're going to get an education today and you're going to get an education from a guy who is very passionate about food plots and uh, so hey there that's what this podcast is about today now before we get into this podcast i got a uh a pretty embarrassing story right uh for those of you who follow me on social media i fired 
one shot through my pro- my new prime bow, and I dry fired it. Broke the string, dented the cave or uh, broke the string, dented the cams, and I felt really embarrassed because in probably the first time in 20 years of me bow hunting, that's the first time I ever dry fired a bow. So I needed uh, some re- replacement parts. Uh, customer service was very understanding. They said, you know, it's, it's surprising how many people do that in a year. So, uh, it, w- it just took about a week. I got my new parts in and I, I, g- I took it to the local bow shop. I put the new parts on the bow and now I'm shooting. It's a very, I got the prime logic. So if you're looking for a really quality bow to shoot, man, uh, check out prime archery. I know it's that time of year where if you haven't already purchased a new bow, a lot of us are looking last minute for uh, a new bow. And so go to primearchery.com, check out their lineup of bows. And I'm telling you right now, man, I've been, I've been shooting pretty close dis- distances in my backyard. And I can tell you right now that uh, I feel very comfortable, very dead in the hand, very smooth draw, solid back wall, which I really like, no sponginess in it, and uh, they are whipping my heavy-ass arrows, and uh, I can't help but think that my heavy arrows and this prime logic are going to be the keys to success on my elk hunt this upcoming September, so I'm really looking forward to that. Again, go check out primearchery.com. Now, let's get into today's product podcast with Horny Buck seeds. All right, on the phone with me today, Mr. Doug Castrava from Horny Buckseed Company. How you doing, man? Loving my life. Let me say that. I'm doing really good. Really good. Good deal. Good deal. Now, we got you on the prod, the podcast to obviously talk about your company and talk about food plots and everything that revolves around uh, your company. But first, we always like to BS a little bit uh, beforehand. And I want to ask you, how was your 2017 deer hunting season? Um, <clears throat> uh, I, I, I'm going to laugh. You're going to laugh at this. Um, I hope I know my wife. You know, probably won't listen to this, so I'll I'll, I'll be as ginger as I can. I probably spent three thousand dollars in licenses, and I haven't fired fired a shot with a bow or a gun. Um, and, and the reasoning is, is it's not because I didn't have opportunities. I chose not to harvest an animal that was going to work what I wanted to shoot. I'm, I'm into mature deer. That's just who I am. Um, I'm not into tag filling. Um, I raise beef cattle for a living, and I love venison. Don't get me wrong, but my freezer is always full of something good to eat. So we raise hogs, you know, pigs, chickens, and beef. So I, I don't really worry about that. But I mean, I, I am the kind of guy, um, and I know my wife says you're not normal, which I think that's probably why she married me because I'm not normal. I'm the guy that will go sit in the blind and just watch deer and observe what they eat, how they eat it. You know, I, I observe their age, their, their way they are. And that's just who I am. But, uh, did I have a great hunting season? Absolutely. I loved it. Um, to me, it's not always about the killing. It's about the camaraderie. It's about the hunt and it's what you make of it. So if Absolutely. I am in a blind and I'm left alone, I am happy. <laughs> Period. You know? Uh, and so I, I, you know, you know, I, I, a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, you know, I got to go. I got to kill, 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 kill. And 
And that is, you know, I vicariously live through my customer. So it's a little different world for me. Um, I can physically feel like I am part of their hunt. Um, and I'll share this with you. Um, this happened to me almost every year, but uh, a year ago, <laughs> excuse me, I had, uh, I'm sitting in a blind um, in Illinois, and uh, my phone's blowing up. And I'm like, what? And it's dark. You know, it's getting it's getting shooting time. And it's, and it's dark. And, and I'm, I'm in a blind blind. And uh, and I don't want to answer it, but it would never leave a voicemail. And, I, and, I, and it, it's the same number. It keeps ringing over and over again. And I finally, I'm sitting in a blind and I answered the call because I'm like thinking it's an emergency, right? right? You know, um, well, it's one of my customers. And he said, Doug, he says, I, I, you know, I, oh, my God, I'm so glad. You, I, I hope you're not busy. I said, well, I'm sitting in the blind right now. Oh, man. Oh, I hope I didn't ruin your hunt. I said, well, you know, by, by me whispering, just so you know, uh, I'm not really worried about it, but I got deer in front of me and they can't hear me, so we're good. I said, what is so, what's so important? He said, I just shot the buck of my life. And I said, really? He said, dude, it, it's a booner all for sure. It's the biggest buck I've ever shot in my life. And he goes, man, I owe it all to you. You helped me on my farm. You helped me transfer my farm. I am just ecstatic. And I said to him, I said, well, what did your wife say? And he goes, I didn't tell anybody yet. You're the first person I called. <laughs> you know, and, you know, to me, then that, that's humbling. That's humbling. That's humbling. You know what I mean? That's who I am. I, I, and that's where my hunts all go. I mean, I love helping people. I really do. I mean, and I, and I mean, I, I wholeheartedly mean that. And that's, you know, where I'm at. I know, I know I'm, I'm not the, I'm not the normal man. I'm not the normal guy, but this is what I live for. I live for helping people. Um, that's the way the Lord bless me. And that's, you know, so my hunting season every year is great. And whether I kill one or I don't, it's great. And every year we're getting more and more happy customers shooting the deer of their dreams. And they're just ecstatic. And, you know, how can you, how can you argue with that? Right. Absolutely, man. I'll tell you what, there's something about the hardcore hunter that, and I'm not talking about the guy who goes out and enjoys one or two weekends a year. I'm talking about the, the all season, all seasons, all the time type guys. We're not normal. We're a little off center, all of us in a way, in in some way. So I I get you. Uh, Yeah. You know, and I mean, for me, I do a majority of the only time I get is late season, because um, uh, I mean, you know, a lot of people plan food plots all the way up till, believe it or not, October first down south. Even though their season's open, just due to weather and uh, way things work out, you know, they don't plant until sometime in September. So I don't have much of a life until then. And I, and I mean, and I beef farm too on the side, so. You know, I got to get crops in, and, and I got to, you know, take care of calves and wean cows. I mean, I do all of that too. So, you know, I mean, I so my falls are pretty hectic, but um, I start really hunting pretty good about the middle of December. Okay. That's when I have time. Um, you know, and then honestly, then we're hunting off of food plots, and we're hunting off of you know all of our sweat equity. Um, you know, that's growing to, to to raise your deer for the winter. You know, absolutely, absolutely. So. Now I want to kind of get into the company here um, because I, I I love hearing 
the background of how companies came to be and why they came to be just as much as the new or innovative products that come out on a yearly basis, because I think that has a lot to do with how a company grows, what their focus is on the customer, so forth and so on. So at a very high level, why did you decide to start a seed company I guess branded towards deer hunters. Do you ever hear of some of the greatest things happen by accident? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that's just exactly how this happened. I've been putting in food plots since the eighties, um, mostly local, mostly I had a landscape business for years and I took care of, that's where I met a lot of my clients or customers and I would help them with their food plots because of my farming background. Well, that kind of turned into, I was a, I, I sold the landscape of business and I ended up uh, working for a vendor rep company and we were in uh, vendor repping for some stores and I was still doing my thing, still putting in food plots, still doing all of that stuff. And um, the vendor rep company that we worked for uh, basically got, you know, kind of like did a transition and um, there was 189 of us, no, excuse me, 139 of us, I think it was total that lost their jobs. Um, so the sad thing, which, you know, you always sit there and you find out, you find the good out of the bad. Um, the sad thing was, is, uh, my wife worked for me, um, and we had two kids in diapers. Oh, so boy. when, when, you know, so when that, when that happened, um, both of us lost our jobs pretty much the same, two days apart. So I had to lay, I had to lay her off and then they laid me off the next day. So moral of the story, um, you know, bunch of my buddies, you know, were our hunting enthusiasts, and they came over one night, and we're sitting around my kitchen table, and, and I said, I, I said, I gotta ask you guys something. I said, I'm thinking about going into business for myself, and they said, what are you gonna do? And I said, what would you think I'm gonna do? They said, put in food plots. I said, how did you know? And they said, because you're so good at it, you know? And I said, well, we're thinking of, I think that's the route I'm gonna go. I want, and I, like, I live on 160 acre feet on a farm, that was established back in 1917, so it's been in the family for a hundred years. And um, I didn't want to move. Um, I, I grew I grew up here. Um, my wife is a city person, but now she's a country person. Um, she loves it here, and she, you know we we wanted to raise our families and our, our kids in this in this in this basically where we live, where I grew up, and on the country living. And um, <clears throat> I wasn't about to move. <laughs> Excuse me. So. We started up, uh, you know, the seed business, and the guys were all sitting there. Well, what are you going to call it? You know, and and I said, well, I, you know, I never really, you know, I never really thought about that. I really wasn't worried about a name for the company. And then my wife, you know, being a smart aleck as she is, you know, well, I think you should call it Horny Buck. Now, there's a, there's a I said, there's, I'm not calling it Horny Buck, okay? <laughs> but you know, there's, 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 a, there's a story behind that though, because my wife is a hunter, and every time she sees a deer. It was like, oh my God, there's a, I should just say that. Every time she's seen a buck, she'd be like, oh my God, there's a horny buck. Oh my God, look at that horny, look at the horns on that horny buck. You know, and it was just an ongoing joke thing, you know. And, and so I grew, you know, it kind of grew on me. And you remember, you know, that old saying, happy wife, happy life. So um, I got up one morning, three in the morning, and went online. Now, this is almost 10 years ago. And there was nothing in the outdoor industry that was cartoonish. Nothing. Right. Um, everything was. You know, skull antlers, skull antlers, um, you know, and, and, and it still is, okay. I'm um, not taking away from it, but 
you know, you know, we always were, I always was kind of a little bit of a humorous type of a person. I still am. And my wife is also, and our kids are following suit. But I grew up, you can kind of age as you, I grew up during Warner Brothers, pretty much, you know, Looney Tunes and, you know, Wiley E. Coyote and Bugs Bunny. And I went and I visited my brother and my brother's a graphic artist. I said, hey, I want to start out my own company. He says, let me guess, you're going to start up a seed company. I said, yeah, how did you know? And he says, he said, you're good at it, you know, and I said, well, you're about the third person to tell me that in the last two days. And he says, well, so what do you need? I said, well, I want you to grow a logo for my company. And he said, well, what are you going to name it? And I said, Horny Buck Seed Company. He turned around real quick and he turns around and he goes, you're serious, aren't you? I said, that's a heart attack. <laughs> um, I, I said, but I said, no, there's a twist to it. I said, I want it to look, you know, Looney Tunish. So after about 40 prototypes, Horny the Buck was drawn up. So he is our mascot. He is our, our creator. He's you know he's our he's our our our, guy, our little our little caricature that that we, we resemble, and it's, he's Arnie the Buck. So Arnie the Buck was created, and it, you know, and kind of from there, um, I was blessed with my background to meet with a lot of people who were deer farmers who had high fence farms, and um, I got to work with some deer biologists, and I started taking some of my background with beef and their background with deer and we combined some things to, you know, to make sense into where my thought process was. And I was analyzing a lot of our plants to find out what the production was, find out what the proteins were, carbs, and you got a, you know, a beef rumen and a deer rumen are in the same rumen, goat rumen, sheep rumen, they're all four stage stomachs. Um, some are browsers, some are grazers, but they all have the same characteristics. And, you know, we, we came up with some things and ideas and blends with our seed and our minerals are very big into how to keep your nutritional value up in your, in your, in your deer. So um, that's how Horny Buck really came about and how it has grown since then. Um, it has every year been on a growing standard. Uh, every year it grows. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I have been very blessed, and I am a very humble guy. Um, two years ago, we had over 40 booners shot, which was unbelievable. Um, and this last year, we had over 60. So, I mean, customers are, you know, I tell people that, and they're like, oh, you're lying, I want to see proof. And I'm like, I don't even have to show anybody anything because most of my customers are not on social media. They are not in the world of telling other people. I mean, I have some of my customers won't even text me a picture. Um, and out of respect for keeping their life and their hunting land private because of the world today and violating and all of the above and, you know, leasing land at a higher rate because they see what deer is on it. All of these things play a part. But, you know, for me personally, I really don't care. If people are buying the product and they're noticing a huge difference, they're going to continue to buy the product. So, right. um, that's, and that's where we're at. The repeat customer base has been phenomenal, um, you know. But I'm big into freshness and I'm big into quality. So that's just who I am um, as a farmer, and that's just what I keep continuing to keep growing and doing as we as we work forward, as we move forward in our company. Gotcha. So going back to the kind of the beginning. When you, you know, okay, I want to plant food plots or, and I want to start a, um, a seed company dedicated to hunters. How did you go and 
find the seed to sell? Was this something that you were manuf- you know you started to manufacture yourself? Did you buy from a, another seed company? How how does that work? Well, it kind of it's kind of it, complicated, but yet it's not. Um, I, I learned a lot of what we call the tricks of the trade of the seed industry. Seed is grown. Most of your seed is grown out on the west coast because of climate, because of pollination because of, you know, the, the amount of moisture in the air, um, all of the things that come into the fight of germination. Um, I, I, what would really help me a lot is I started working with a guy who I was buying my corn seed from, and he was the one that turned me on to uh, a broker. Gotcha. So I met with, I met with a broker who buys seed and, and, and buys and mixes seed. And I was mixing it myself, and... The broker, as we started to grow and got to know each other better and better and better, I learned some valuable, valuable information that helped us to really grow as a company. And it was because I pay a little bit more for the quality of our seed. In fact, I pay a lot more for our quality of our seed. So my profit margins aren't as great as, let's say, a huge conglomerate seed company. You know, I know they buy volume. But I pay for quality. I buy 100% fresh. I buy 100% uncoated. And that is what I live my life by. Okay, so it's a little different animal. So with that being said, I'm very, very picky on what I do and how I do it. Now, let me interrupt you real quick. Let me interrupt you real quick because I want to I want to expand on quality a second because Obviously, I've I've heard this before um, when people start talking about uh, um, seeds, you know, and I'll just use clover, for example. You know, some guys say, oh, you know, the longest uh, the longest uh, clover seed will sit on our shelf is three months or a month or something like that, while other people's will sit on a shelf for multiple years or whatever. So what makes a seed a quality seed? Well, it's going to start out, okay, here's how this, here's how the games are played. When you go to buy seed, now there's going to be different varieties of seed, okay? But when you go, like when I go to buy seed, I buy 100% fresh of a certain variety, a certain variety, a certain variety that I know is going to go on our blend. I buy what came off the field that year, okay? So now it's 100% fresh. But now here's how the big companies do it. Some of them, I'm not going to say all of them. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus here, and I'm not going to mention names, you know, because that's not who we are as a company. I don't bash other people. This is what I do. I don't worry about what everybody else does. That doesn't drive me at all. But 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 when it comes back down to what you're asking is, I buy 100% fresh. Now, here's how some of the companies make their margins, okay? Let's just say, I'm just going to say, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but Let's just say on an average year, this broker makes, you know, they produce 30, 30, 30 ton of clover. Let's just say, okay? Then the next year, all of a sudden, they had a bumper crop, great year, bees were great, pollination was great, great quality seed, and they got 60 ton of seed, okay? Well, now, all of a sudden, they keep it a year because they can only sell 30 ton. Well, now they still got that other 30 ton because they double production. You know, they're like, well, I got this 30 ton of seed now. Man, what are we going to do with it? Because it's going to get bad, okay, if we don't sell it. So 
So what do they do? They will go to these bigger companies. Hey, man, we got some seed that's two years off. Man, we'll, we'll sell the. We normally sell. I'm just gonna throw this out there. Let's say we normally sell it at two dollars a pound. We'll sell it to you for a buck a pound because we need to move it. Okay. So this bigger company's gonna be like, oh man, we'll scarf that up because we can blend that. Now we're gonna be making a better margin on our mix. So they'll take that seed that's two years off, maybe mix it with some fresher seed, and then they'll put it in there or they'll coat it, put it in their bag. Okay. Well, now their margin just went up. Because they're paying, they pay fifty percent on a fifty cents on a dollar for what they would normally buy. So, but now here's where the catch comes. Now, after two years off, of seed is still nothing really wrong with it, provided it's not it's been kept in the right environment. It's not been in the in the sunlight, you know, the weather, all of these things. But now you go coat it and put that in a bag. Now, let's say that sits on a shelf one year, two years, three years. Now what do you got? Nothing. You know, it ain't going to germ. It ain't going to grow. It loses its vigor. And that's where I get, that's where I, and that's what got me into this, honestly, because I was buying seed from a reputable company and I was planting food plots for customers. And in one year, I went and I planted, you know, I bought from them 50 pound bags, planted it. And I'm like, man, I live it. You know, it was coming up marginal at best. And I mean, at best. And I called them and I said, hey, you know, this is the lot number. I planted it, man. I can't even get 50% germination out of it. And the lady, the lady proceeded to tell me that I did it all wrong and the weather was bad and hope to have better luck next year. Ooh. Now, um, as a customer, first and foremost, I was a little upset. Second of all, you don't tell a farmer how to farm who's been farming since he's been crapping in his diapers. Right. All right? Now, I know how to plant stuff. I know we had rain, and I know the whole thing. I know how this works. So that's what really got me into blending and mixing my own because I wanted to be successful. And and, and for me personally, um, you know, I'm pretty humble because our reputation in this industry is very good, and I like to keep it that way. I mean, you know, I, I'm all about customer service. I take I, right now. I'm running right around between thirty to fifty calls a day, um, and I'm, I'm answering the questions the best I can. Um, we're working on doing a little bit more video work so we can do a little bit more how to, when to, why to um, to educate people. But you know, most of the people that I call and help, you know, to to get them through it. You know, and, and, and explain to them, they call me back and they're like, oh, my God, was I doing it wrong? Oh, this is so much better. And, you know, you know, that's it. I don't tell everybody I know everything. I, listen, I tell everybody I'm just a dumb farmer who knows how to grow deer. That, and, and, I'll, and I'll keep it at that. But I can grow deer and I can help people grow deer on their property. I can I can I, I teach them on how to do weed control, soil testing. I mean, I, I, am, I can't overemphasize enough on where is your pH at? Um, you know how to how to take care of your weed issues, how to plant your seed, when to plant your seed, what to look for, what not to look for, where to put your mineral sites, where to put your water sites so you can at least give them some water. All of these things play such a big, 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 big part, and people just don't understand that, Dan. You know, but they are now. They yeah. are now. They are starting yeah. to get it. You know. So to me, I'm a humble guy. I really am, but. I'm all about helping people grow deer, and that's where we're at. 
So going back to the the freshness of a seed, right? Let's just say I take a seed that is what we consider fresh, uh, same year seed versus let's say a seed that is two years old or three years old. What does that translate to in the field after it's been planted? Okay, two things: um, germination and 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 bigger a plant or rate of growth. So. Okay, and this is going to be a bad analogy, but this is the best I can do. It's easier to feed a baby and watch them grow quickly than to feed somebody who's 25 years old and see if they're going to grow. Um, They'll grow out, but they won't grow up. You know what I mean? Plants are babies. Babies need to get fed. If you got a a baby that's stunted or a runt, and I'm going to say that by an old feed, it's already lost its vigor. Is it going to grow? Yes. Is it going to grow big? No. Is it going to grow marginal? Maybe. So it's all about quality, you know. Um, and, 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 I, and I overemphasize this with people when I do seminars. Look on the back of the bag and see what's in it. See what's in your bag. If you got, you know, inert matter that's over 30%, so let's just say hypothetically, which is coating, and, you know, I have nothing against coating. If you like using coating, knock yourself out. What is to coating, me, real quick? What is coating? Coating is basically a clay byproduct that will either have, um, uh, it'll it'll have some nutritional value in it to feed the seed, supposedly. And it's supposed to help against different, back, um, uh, what you call, uh, different diseases. Okay. okay. Now, now. In, in my world, in food plotting, you know, I want to get, it does, you know, seed does not take much to grow for, for a food plot. You know, you know, if you're growing alfalfa and you're growing it in a marginal soil and you want to give that alfalfa a boost, I can maybe understand it if it's a quality coating. You know, the problem is a lot of these coatings are just a clay byproduct and they're a filler. And they don't, I can get them as low as 10 to 8 to 10 cents a pound for coating okay but now you take that and don't just think about that for a minute so let's say you go buy a bag of seed that's you know let's just say hypothetically it's three pounds so you go to a store and you buy a three pound bag of seed you flip it around and you look on the back it says 33 percent inert matter okay so which that means one pound out of that three pounds is coating okay it ain't gonna grow yeah. It's not doing you nothing. So now let's look at the bigger picture and go back even a little further. What I alluded to before, let's just say it's clover, and that clover is two years off or three years off. Okay? So now where are you at? Where is your quality? You don't have your quality. It's gone. So out of that three pounds, you really might have bought one pound of actual good quality seed. Right. You know, and, I, and and that's what got me into this. Because I like, I, there's three words in growing deer and growing a food plot. Groceries, groceries, groceries. You can never have enough groceries. Because if you plant it, they will come. Deer are the laziest mammal on the face of this earth. I've met some humans that are pretty bad. But I'm going to tell you, deer are right up there. Because all they care about is eating sleeping, staying away from predators predators, and, and water sources, they just want to live. They just want to survive. So if you can give them enough groceries and you 
give them their minerals that they need so their body can stay metabolized. And all of the above, deer will not leave your property, but you must take good care of them. Right. And that's where I run into a lot of issues with a lot of people, you know. And, and I'm big into coming off of winter and into the springtime when they're at the most vulnerable, but yet it's the most crucial state of the deer's of time is in spring. And people don't ever, I shouldn't say, a majority of the hunters don't ever even think about that. They don't ever think about, oh my gosh, it's springtime. You know, well, you know, I see some turkeys out in the field and all of these things, but you got to think of what are these deer eating? What are they eating? You know, they're, they're coming off of winter, which in a lot of places up in the northern Midwest, a lot of snow. Okay, now you got to wait for warm rain in order to get, you know, crops growing. So I'm big into giving them minerals so everything they can eat can turn into a nutritional value for them. You want to get them off to a jump start. That's why I'm big into having, you know, most of our blends that we have, you know, have clovers and alfalfas that come back in the springtime. I got a lot of guys that go, oh, we'll fear about that. That's fine. But I will tell everybody, what are your deer going to eat in the spring? You tell me. Well, my farmer plants beans. All right. All right. That's great. But now think about that. Let's just say hypothetically he plants beans April 1st. Let's just say April 1st. Okay? Now, first and foremost, all of March, when we get some warm rains and it's starting to get things to green up so the farmer can get into the field, all right, you already missed 30 to 60 days of growth them deer because you're waiting for a farmer's beans to sprout and start to grow and they can eat them you're you know and a lot of these, these guys are missing the bullet points they're missing the key crucial time growing deer is a 12 month out of the year business it goes all year round december january february march those are your most crucial crucial times so you got to look outside the box and you got to think about, you got to really think outside the box. How can I do this so I'm profitable in order to get my deer to become where I want them to be? Right, right. So then when it comes to, you know, you have, you have this seed now. You've talked about the freshness, the quality of it. So how has, I guess, from, the, from when you started the company, to where you are today, how has, I guess, your research and development uh, or maybe customer recommendations or customer feedback changed how, how or what seed you offer? Well, a lot of it I'm blessed with. I have friends that have, well, I call them friends now. Some of them are, and actually some of them are like family um, that own deer farms. Um, I also have some that have enough land, <laughs> even though it's not fenced, um, to me, it's like a deer farm, you know, deer can leave, but they don't leave because they, you know, take very good care of them. They don't overhunt them. You know, they, they, they grow different things. So what I like to do is I like to sit there and go off of, you know, my, I'll go and watch deer, find out what they're eating. Um, I will go pull plants and I will protein test them. I want to know exactly what these deer are eating so it helps me to know what I need to do for them to help them to mature and grow, if that makes sense. So right. it, it, it's a big picture, but, I mean, that is how I kind of got it established. The 
everybody goes, you know what, are your blends are really busy. And I'll be like, busy as in what? Well, you got a lot of different varieties. And I said, well, I believe in planting restaurants. But here's my restaurant theory. I don't want just to have, and I say this all the time, I don't want to have just a McDonald's or a Burger King. I want to have, you know, a, a Mexican restaurant, a Chinese restaurant. I want to have steak. I want to have seafood. I want to have everything that you could ever possibly want to eat but all at the same place because deer are like us. They're mammals. They do not like to eat the same thing over and over and over again. You know, I love steak. Man, I could eat steak probably, probably four or five days out of the week. But if I did that for more than two weeks, I don't know if I really want to eat steak again for a while. You know, and, and, and you know, deer don't know any different, but if their body, you can keep their body you know, into different types of varieties of things to eat, you know what, they're going to still keep coming back there because they can always find something different that is going to be appealing to them and that's going to help their system out. Gotcha, gotcha. So then let's say you do some tests on a plant or you 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 see that the deer like a specific plant or don't like a specific plant and you want to improve on the quality of that particular plant plant do you guys do any i guess i'm trying to think of a word i think it's like generations or uh any genetics um, mutations or you know what i mean to to make yes and here's the deal we work you know we work around what you feed the plant with now i i hooked up here with a company called plot doctor um and they have a liquid lime out which is to me is the shiznit because you know when they first told me this I, I you can ask them they'll laugh at you but i told them they came and met me and they were telling me what they did and i told them right out man you guys are smoking crack man there's no way what you're telling me is going to be realistic i said there's no way um but as they said listen you got to just try it do this this and this and try it and, and give us an honest try and and i did and I was blown away because it's all about the fertility of the soil and where and, and, and how the nutritional value of your soil can also make your plant grow better. Here's a prime example, and I'm going to go in a little bit different, a little left here for you on this, but here's where it is. It's no different than if I was to take a beef cow and I would only feed that beef cow hay. That's it, Okay. That's it. Now, would it stay alive? Absolutely. Would it grow? A little bit. Okay. But it will, it, it, it'll, it'll survive. But now you start giving that cow three different types. Let's say you give them corn, soybeans, oats, grains, uh, uh, corn silage. You start giving this cow a bunch of different varieties of feed. Its nutritional value is going to go up so much. Now, it's going to eat less. Because the quality, the proteins are there, and it's going to grow twice as better or twice as fast because of the quality of intake. It's no different on a plant. If you feed a plant the right nutritional value, you give that plant what it needs to grow into into the health-wise of the plant, the plant itself will become more nutritional and it will provide more value for the deer. So it's not so much we take the, 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 the plant itself and change the genetics of the plant 
we change the plant on, on the output of what it's growing to be. Makes sense. So it's a little Makes bit sense. of a, you know what I mean? It, it, it's a little bit of a different animal that way. And that's how we kind of do it as a whole. And it's been, you know, I've noticed a humongous, humongous, humongous difference. Yeah. So that's what's been working yeah. really good for me, you know, all, as, and that's, it's been growing, no pun intended on that one either. <laughs> all right. So a while ago, I tried to, it's kind of funny, the conversation we had before we started recording about people may not be following instructions um, the right way when planting food plots and then wondering why their, you know, their food plot didn't grow. A couple of years ago, I had an example of that. You know, I basically tilled up, I put all this work in to get the ground ready. I didn't do a soil test. I threw some seed out. It grew, but then it kind of just stopped because the nutrition was kind of uh, of the soil, I think was real low. So when it comes to advice that you can give to a first time food plotter, what would that advice be? First time food plotter. Okay. Well, and, and <laughs> uh, do a soil test. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really big into finding out where your pH is because you can put all of the food that you want to, you know, feed that plant with all you want to feed that plant. But if you don't feed that plant correctly, you know, it, it's just not going to grow and it's not going to produce. So I'm really big into that in that avenue, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So soil soil testing and soil sample would be would be a, a very first start right a good start oh yeah yeah i mean i and work on weed control weed control to me is over half the battle of what you're going to be doing it really is as a whole weed control i mean what i usually do if i find my plot the first thing I, you know let's say i'm going to pick up let's just say hypothetically you got a two acre plot that you want to plant on your property First thing I'll end up doing is I will go out there and I will pull samples. I'll pull five soil samples, mix them together, send them in. The egg starts, we got that egg starts we work with. They will, and you just put out on there what you want to plant, what you're thinking about planting. They will tell you exactly what that soil needs. You know, whether it needs all the pH is off, it needs lime, you know, for fertilization it's going to need, you know, this much nitrogen, this much potash, this much phosphorus, this much sulfur, whatever it's going to need for, for, you know, to, to grow that plant. And then you start from there. But what I'll do is I will spray it and we kill it. I will kill it and I will leave it 30 days. And I will come back and I will spray it and kill it again. Um, because here's one thing that people don't understand. We control is 90% of your issue when growing a plot. And if you don't, if you don't take care of the weeds, you're not going to have a plot. It's just that simple. Because you remember, you're farming now. You're a farmer. And you got to take care of your plants and weeds. You don't want to grow weeds. If you wanted to eat weeds, every field on this America would be empty. Right. Because they're loaded with weeds. So they only want to eat what they know has nutritional value to them. So that's how it kind of plays a big part. Gotcha. So, you know, once you've done that, and I know this is kind of a, this could be answered in a long explanation, you know, and a lot, it depends on a lot, like how much, you know, how big is your food plot? How many food plots on the property can, can you plant? But how does someone know what kind of seed to plant on their property? 
what how how do they know well, what they should do okay now it is a, oh man there in, to me it's all going to depend on your location first and foremost second of all what do your deer like to eat you know third find out when your you know how your winters are when your frost comes you know what what plants will deer eat that don't freeze what plants will deer eat after they freeze you know, these all play kind of a big, big part into you what you're going to be picking. Um, so you're going to have to figure out, okay, how do I start going about it? We talked about doing a soil test. We talked about getting that set up the way you need it. You're going to also find out from there. You're going to, you know, you're going to do your weed control. Then you're going to, if it's going to need lime, you can put down your lime. We have liquid lime, which, like I said, one gallon is equivalent to a ton. You can spray it right on. It works instantaneous. You can put liquid fertilizer, you can put granular fertilizer. If you're going to put granular fertilizer, make sure you work it in so you don't lose your nitrogen. Um, you know, these are all things that you're going to need to feed the plant that you're growing. Now, as far as, you know, where you're going to plant it, when you're going to plant it, that all depends on your farm. It depends on your deer. Um, it depends on what you want to do. Do you want it just for a kill plot? Do you want it for early season? Do you want, you know, if you want something for early season, you're going to want something that not necessarily could be in a brassica family, but does not necessarily need to freeze to eat. So that is pretty crucial if you can do that. Now, alfalfa and clovers, I put them in. I love them in the fall to get them in with my brassicas. So in the springtime, they come back right away in the spring. Now you're feeding, you're doing a double purpose on your plots. And your deer will never forget the plots. They will always remember the food source. Always. So you got to think about this whole big picture when you're setting up your your farm. But to me, a food plot is two acres or more. A shot plot is, you know, an acre and a half and less. In gotcha. other words, a hunting plot. Because a deer, you know, can eat, you know, it is a pen. It can eat three to seven pounds of green matter a day. When it gets really cold, it can eat as much as 15 to 20 pounds. It depends on the size of the deer and how much feedback they want to put on them. You know, it, it depends. It all depends on where you're at. Climate pays, plays a big part in it um, and the amount of deer. If there's a lot of deer on one plot, food plot, they will eat twice as much because they're worried about if they don't eat enough, the next one's going to eat more. It's just the way it is. It's a competitive thing. So these kind of, all of these things play a huge, huge part. And you just got to get through it all. That's all. And it's all about figuring it out. I mean, I get this all the time. Where I get customers that are like, I, I planted an acre, and man, Doug, it looks beautiful. I go back, you know, a month and a half later, and it's just dirt. What happened? Well, you know, how many deer do you have there? Oh, I got around, you know, 10, 12, 15 in one picture. Well, <laughs> she gone. Right. You know? Right. Um, you know, I mean, they ate it. I don't, you know, you know, a mission accomplished, but, you know, you don't have enough to make it through the winter. Now, you know, well, my man of living here was there was over two feet of stuff in there. I said, it don't matter. You, you got, you know, 15, 30 deer in there. It's going to be gone. That's it. There's nothing you can do about it, you know. Right. So, you know, there's, you know, it ain't, there's a lot to it, so to speak, you know. Yeah. But it's, it's all learning curves is really what it is. Right, right. So let's talk about some of your uh Pop, your your most popular seeds or your most popular products. What are what are some of the most popular ones that people should really take a look at? Um, our, our number one sellers are Tagged Out and Tankalicious. Those two are our number one sellers. 
All of the other ones, I got a lot of guys that like clovers, so we are Lucko Buck does great because that's an all-clover blend. And some people like sugar beets, and that's in our dead zone, and that's another great. All our blends are really good, and everybody's got different luck with them, you know. Um, but between the tagged out and tankless, you can't go wrong with either one of them. They both are big producers. They grow very well. If you've got marginally poor soil and uh, you're just, you know, trying to get something to get growing, I, I recommend everybody to sweet frost. I can grow that on my driveway by me with rain. It's unbelievable. Um, but you know, it, it all, I mean, I, I mean, I have customers that come. I have a, and you can, you can laugh, but I got customers that come over to visit, and I got a, 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 I got a sprayer with Roundup just right by my door because if I sweep out the, you know, the warehouse, um, and we get a rain, it's just green like. It's like a chia pet, for crying out loud, you know. Um, it, just, it grows anywhere, you know. So, I mean, there's a lot, you know, there's always a, there's a lot of variables. You just got to look at a blend that you're going to sit there and say, hey, you know what? I know my deer like this and this. This will be perfect in here. And that and that's what you got to go with. I mean, most, listen, most hunters are, are very intelligent hunters. They are good hunters. They know what they're doing. The only thing that I'm running into, you know, with the world today and the hunting industry as a whole, is everybody is so butthurt over everybody else. And that is something that I just don't think I'll ever understand. Amen. Um, you know, I don't, you know, I, listen, you know, I never grew up in my life. There's a, there's, no, there's, a, there's what I want to call a good jealousy and there's a bad jealousy. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, prime example, I had a deer here that I let go a couple years ago. Um, and last year he, he blossomed very well. Um, he would have been one that I would have for sure harvested. All of a sudden he's missing. Um, and I'm like, oh man, I wonder what happened to him. I usually start hunting here in December and he's not on camera anymore to find out through a, through a friend that said, oh man, a neighbor up the road shot him. And I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah. And he said, are you mad? I said, you know what? No, I'm happy for him. I'm glad that he didn't get hit by a car. Or, you know, I mean, you know, hey, dumb, crazy, or, or, or a coyote could have got him, or a wolf got him, or somebody would have injured him and he died. At least they were able to celebrate why we hunt with them. So I found that, you know, I, I found the guy out and I went and I sent him, I had videos of that here. I had where I passed on him, of the age of him. I had all of that stuff and I sent it all to him. I'm like, hey, enjoy it. You, you know, it's your deer. It's not my, I don't own the deer. You know, was I jealous? I'm like, well, you're envious because you do all the effort. But you know what? If it made him happy, who am I to complain? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, but today's world, you know, I mean, I I mean, but then again, I see guys that, you know, they're pulling down their neighbor's deer stands because they're, you know, you know, I mean, I'm like, really? Over a deer. Over a deer. I don't, I just don't get it. I just don't, I don't understand it. I mean, you know. That's why, you know, like last year, like you asked me in the beginning of the segment, you know, how, did, how was your deer hunt last year? I mean, I passed deer that, I mean, I had guys that are like, are you kidding me? You let that go? And I'm like, I just like shoot them. You know, it, if it makes somebody else happy, let them shoot them. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm good with it. But I have shot them, yeah. But, you know, I mean, it wasn't, it's not what I'm, you know, it's not what I'm about. It was about, I love growing them. I love seeing how big I can help people get them. That's what i love to do so you know like i told you before i'm vicariously lived through all of our customers because they feel giants and they keep sharing them with me last year i think i had 29 days in a row 
of a customer shooting a deer over 145 inches, sending me a picture, emailing it, or texting to me. Nice. So, I mean, how do I, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, to me, and it was, you know, they all were like, oh my God, look what you helped me do on our farm. Look what you helped me do. You know, look what your products have done. You know, I mean, you know, to me, it just humbled the living crap out of me, you know, and that's, I'm, I, and, that, and that's all I live for. I live for helping people shoot the deer of their dreams. That's what I love to do. It, right. it works for me. I mean, I mean I'm not going to lie to you. Some people I have to start from scratch with, and some people are really good. It just depends. But I'll treat everyone the same and help everyone in whichever way I can. All right. So winding down the podcast here, I got uh, this this one of, one of the last questions here, and that is, for, for those guys out there who are food plot planners, why should they take a chance on Horny Buck Seed Company? Well, here's the deal. I, I, I put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into what we do, but I am very, very anal about what goes in our bag. You will not find anything fresher in our bag. And I'll share this with you on closing in this, this story. Um, and this is kind of a cool story. Uh, about two months ago, uh, a, a truck drives in, a uh, Wisconsin government truck, and said, hey, I'm blah, 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 I'm here to uh, do a soil seed test. And I said, really? He goes, uh, yeah. He said, you know, you're one of the last ones in the state of Wisconsin that's never been inspected. And I said, uh, you know, really? I said, I, you know, I've never, yeah, I've never had anybody ever come. And I says, um, can I ask you a crazy question? I said, why is that? He said, well, he says, I'll tell you, I know probably the main reason nobody's ever complained about your seed. But he says, you know, by law, we have to come and check. You know, we got to do our job. And I'm like, hey, knock yourself out, okay? So he went and he pulled samples out of a bunch of our bags. And we talked about labels and, you know, and we talked about this and that. He goes, yeah, everything looks really good. Um, I said, I'm going to ask you a crazy question. I said, you know, now, were you going to share the results with me? Because I would really like to know. And he goes, oh, absolutely. I will email them to you. Now, he says, I said, I said, do you call? And he goes, oh, no. He said, I won't call unless something, there's something really bad. But he said, I said, okay. So, honestly, guy, you know, business, you get, you know, you get busy and you're working and all of a sudden a month, month and a half go by, almost two months, whatever it is. And all of a sudden I'm on a call with the customer and then I see I had a missed call because I don't ever click over. I take care of the customer. And all of a sudden I went and I said, well, I'll call this other customer back because I missed it call i went to call him back and i said hey i'm doug you know blah blah, blah. sorry i missed your call. he goes hey i'm so and the seed inspector and i'm like uh-oh and he goes why are you saying uh-oh i said well because you said you weren't going to call me unless it was something bad and he said i did tell you that but he said i just had to call you because he said i've been testing seed for many a years and he said i have never seen seed as good as yours he said everything germs perfectly it grummed out way better than what you even have on the bag he said the greater growth everything was phenomenal he says i don't know how you do it but he says you are not the norm and i said oh that's what my wife always tells me <laughs> and he started laughing he says i said i take very i take pride in what we do so i mean if you are not going to find anything better quality better better i like to say customer service I do the best I can. I know there's other companies out there that I'm sure are good. I don't really know who. I don't really worry about any other company. That's not what we're about. 
I only care about ourselves and what we can do to make it better and improve what we do and help our customers. Amen. So if someone wants to find out more about Horny Buck Seed, where should we send them? Uh, hornybuckseed.com. Um, it's really simple. You can go online and look. You can read about a lot of different things on there. Um, we're doing more and more things, we're trying to get more video stuff out there to educate. But um, if you have any questions, you know, you can either you know text me at, uh, at 920-591-259, and I will answer them back the best I can. Um, or if you just I'm not much of an emailer and I'm not much of a typer, but um, I, I sure can talk you through everything if I can. So if people have questions, they can shoot me a text. Hey, I got a couple questions I'd like to ask you, and I will gladly call you back the best I can in a pretty short notice uh, amount of time, I should say, depending on you know where I'm at, if I got a signal or not. But because it is planting season coming into it now, it's going to be pretty much full swing here in the next week or so. So it's getting ramped up already because, man, order is up the yin-yang already. So. It's good, thanks. The Lord has blessed us, and I'm very, very humble. Well, Doug, I appreciate you taking time uh, out of your day to hop on the podcast and uh, educate us about uh, Horny Buck. I, hey, I appreciate you inviting me to come on. I hope that uh, I was good for you, but I, I enjoy it. I enjoy helping people. Like I said, I appreciate your time, too, because it means a lot to us. And there you have it, another podcast in the books. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to each and every one of you who take the time to listen and download to this this podcast. I also want to say thank you to all the partners of this podcast, Ripcord, Ozonics, Prime, Deer Lab, who else? Man, I have a, I'm having a brain fart. I'm outside recording tonight because uh, my kid, I'm sharing an office <laughs> with my kid now. Uh, Deer Lab, Prime, Ozonics. Deer Lab, Prime, Ozonics. I'm not going to force you through this, but you know who they are. Uh, huge shout out to all those companies. And, and just remember that uh, without their support, this wouldn't be happening. So please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. Hunter Safety Systems is one of them. Ozonics, Exodus Trail Cameras, Lone Wolf Portable Tree Stands are the is the other one, and um, I think that's all of them. But uh, I'm going to keep this short. Check out the social media, not only on the Sportsman's Nation for Instagram and Facebook for Nine Finger Chronicles as well. Uh, we got some really cool things coming up on the network. Hopefully, you guys are able uh, to get to YouTube and check out the the new Sportsman's Nation vlogs. Uh, right now, it's just myself and uh, the Southern Ground with Parker McDonald. So uh, make sure you're checking out and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Other than that, guys, thank you very much for your support. And uh, the guys at Hunter Safety System remind you, please, if you're going to be in a tree, wear your damn safety harness. Have a good rest of your week.